Okay, coach. We're we're rolling. Okay, here we go. And, you know, I mean, you're sitting here staring at me. <laughs> I think I've told you five times. I am super excited because I have found a device of which we can record with our own microphones. You know what I mean? Yes. And now I do feel like we need to have some, I don't know, some jazz music going on, some Stevie Wonder or something like that, you know, just get a song going. Yes, I was wondering whether or not, I mean, the way I'm holding this microphone right now, I feel like I'm about to become a star. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so this should be way improved sound quality. We shouldn't have the hum anymore. So I'm super excited about that. Hopefully our audience appreciates it. And, oh, go ahead, Coach. I just started to say, unless we're singing, right? Then yes. Then, then there might be a little hum. They might need your counseling services. <laughs> they can call you up, get mentored. Uh, that trauma, you know, I had a cat hiss at me. In fact, that cat's in the living room. I was just, you know, I was singing my little heart out years ago, Coach, just singing away, thinking I didn't sound too bad, actually. And then all of a sudden, my cat looked at me and hissed twice and jumped off the bed and ran. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, you know, I've grown as a person from that trauma coach. <laughs> so. Okay. All right, then. I'll uh, try not to sing. <laughs> well, I think you'd probably be fine. But, well, uh, coach, this is a place where uh, truth meets, confronts BS, right? That's right. That's and right. Uh, you're Gandalf, as we like to say. I'm Yoda. Yes. And uh, we're going to have a special Friday the 13th uh, episode here. I and it's not going to be until next week. So I think that's the 20th. But okay. it is Friday the 13th. We're sitting here in my home office. I'm Sherry Wilson, owner of Genius Communication. Let's see. What am I? I'm an all-around interesting acquired taste person, coach. <laughs> I was just told that recently. I'm an acquired taste. And it was a compliment, believe me. Yes. Absolutely. All right, coach. Well, my name is Greg McNeil. I'm the owner of Coach's Corner and all-around funny guy. Mm-hmm. Now learning how to bugle. <gasps> and, of course, my dogs do not like my yes. bugling at this moment. So let's just hope that um, <laughs> I get really good at that so that my um, my fall hunt turns out the way I intend. Which is fast approaching. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we get started, uh, I just want to remind people to leave a review. Uh, we appreciate that. Share these episodes. You can listen on all you know platforms where uh, podcasts are distributed, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But please leave us a review. Share this, and uh, especially this episode, because I think it's going to be a good one, Coach, on fear. And we had kind of kicked it off at the last podcast. Um we were discussing what we wanted to record for the next two weeks, you know, going out of town and want to get those done early. And, uh, we were talking about fear and you mentioned how to think your way through, let's see, what do we put here? The thoughts, uh, how to think your way through and beyond fear. And right after you made that statement, I kind of started thinking like Friday the 13th, you know, everybody, it's like, infamous you even have movies i think jason's the main character right yes and uh, i was saying man that that's a really good topic because as we were talking our pre-show 
conversation, a lot of people have more faith in this superstition of Friday the 13th, bad luck, uh, black cats and witches, don't walk under a ladder, don't step on the crack so you don't break your mom's back. I mean, people have more faith in those things than they do in their ability to achieve the life they want. Yes, that's unfortunate, but it's true. Yeah, so I want you to go ahead and dive in because I think that's a good question for people to ask themselves right off the bat is do you have more faith in that stuff and or in your ability to achieve your goals so kick it off for us on you know just wherever you want to start what it looks like etc so you know fear really is the ultimate pandemic Mm. and it's been with us um for eons and it'll continue to be there because it's one of the most effective tools um that we could ever I said tool, I should say, well, it is a tool, actually, when you learn how to work through it, right? Well, and it's a tool by some to get what they want, too. Exactly. And it's pretty effective. Weaponized. Yes, it is. So one of the things that I like to say to people when we're talking about, well, how do I think myself through fear? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing we need to be able to do is we need to find out whether or not if the thoughts we're thinking are accurate. That's that's step number one. I love that thought. And, but it can be like, what? Like, how would you even know where to start to find out if they're accurate? Yeah. So one of the things that we talked about off camera was, mm-hmm. of course, we're going to give you all the information that we can. But then there's some things that, well, we just can't say everything. Right. right? You need to come in and see us for some of the real work we do. Right. Well, and all, all, you know, not really kidding aside, but really it is a deeper work than you're going to get from a podcast. So, you know, we want to give you a taste to make you hungry for change. Uh, and there are trade secrets, you know, but it really, in all reality, you do need ongoing support and things like that. Exactly. So, <clears throat> so I was saying, examine your thoughts mm-hmm. to make sure that they're accurate. So for instance, you're encountering a situation, maybe it's a job interview, maybe you're approaching something that you have not been successful with before, maybe it could be something related to your health, uh, conversations with loved ones, conversations with employees or your supervisors or superiors. There are countless number of situations that can invoke fear in us. Yeah. And in each one of those, we have an opportunity to think about it. Are my thoughts really accurate on this situation? Yeah. Where is that thinking coming from? So one of the first things you want to ask yourself is, does the fear I have, is it really related to the current situation that I'm in? Or is it a trigger, something that uh, from the past that I'm now projecting on my current circumstance? So now my body really can't tell the difference, yeah. right? Because once the thought is working in our minds, our bodies really doesn't know whether or not if we're dealing with something that's real or if it's something that we created with the thought. Yeah. So that's step number one. Go ahead. Well, and you know, when you were talking about that before we went live, I had a case that was recent uh, because, you know, I do uh, mentoring on this side, personal and professional. And this was more uh, personal, but it got into the professional because you just can't separate the two. No. But, you know, when you talk about fear, I mean, it's very real. It's a very real emotion. The thought or the process which sparked it may not be, but, you know, you feel it in your body. You feel it in your emotions. And for this individual, he had, uh, since I think since he was in his 30s, uh, debilitating anxiety. 
uh, depression and the anxiety would be overwhelming and he, you know, medicine, everything, none of it, you know, none of it took care of it. So we were trying to get into, um, the actual core of what was triggering it, especially in his professional situation. So he's, uh, in the business of building, you know, businesses or buildings and things like that. He's one of the, I guess you would say, uh, maybe foreman, I'm not sure if he's the management, but he was raised by a dad and he never was dishonoring, but he was raised by a dad that you could never amount to anything. And so like he would have him and uh, his brother go out and smash, you know, cans with a sledgehammer to get them small. And they couldn't even do that right. I mean, his dad would come out there, gripe at him. I mean, you know, how perfect does a smash can need to be? So there were a lot of messages he received. And so we kind of started digging around in that just a little bit as a potential cause, but we weren't getting anywhere. And so one day I said, okay, I need you to describe to me the situation that occurred that triggered this last anxiety cycle. That's what I would call him because he'd have cycles and then some relief and then another cycle. And I said, I want you to close your eyes and, and I'm not a professional, you know, but I'm like, I've done so much work on myself. I'm just translating what I've done to him. And, uh, so he, uh, I said, close your eyes and I want you to think of when it hit. And so he did, and he was actually in a meeting at work and I said, okay, what's going on? And he said, well, they're talking about what they expect. You know, we expect this deadline to be met and this budget and blah, blah, blah. And I said, expectation. That's what it is. And, uh, I said, okay. And he said, and from that point on, it's like everything disappears. I feel like I'm hearing underwater. My body starts reacting and I don't even know what they said after that. And I said, okay. So now you, it's almost like you you hear fight or flight, how things slow down when you're in fear, right? Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. And it's like uh, sound can be heightened or muffled. Eyesight can get better or you go blind. I mean, it's however your body's going to respond. Kind of like the fear I was having coach when I finally lifted the 35 pound kettlebell and I was so (laughs) focused that the whole room disappeared and I thought I'd close my eyes. Exactly. And uh, so I said, it's the expectation. Whenever expectation, somebody's putting that on you, you are naturally responding with anxiety because that was the the pattern you developed as a child. And so I gave him a couple tools. One was say yes, you know, whenever he's feeling anxiety, to turn it into excitement, and it worked. He was able to take control, and every meeting since then, he's been fine. So that, to me, when you were talking about the examination of thought for accuracy, examine the situation, that's exactly what we did for him. Now, his tools were specific to him. I didn't just throw out whatever, right. uh, but they worked. Is that maybe an, you know, an example of examination of thought for accuracy and the situation? Yes, it is, because one of the things that you said that I really liked was when you took him back. So that's one of the first things that we recognize when we're talking about accuracy. When did that thought first occur in your brain yeah when did that experience occur that would trigger that thought so we're talking about some imposition yeah yeah expectation can be an imposition if it's not delivered to the person in the right tone yes right so we always have situations where we expect Mm -hmm. certain things from other people right if we exchange money for service 
we expect to get the great, the best dollar amount and right. we expect the best service. So that in and of itself is not a bad thing. Yeah. The imposition and the tone of it is where the fear comes in. So in this case here, the young, as a young lad, he can't smash cans correctly. Right. His dad is always telling him that he's not doing something correctly. So now when he meets a future expectation as a grown man, his brain wants to take him back to the time when he was a young boy and he was not able to meet the expectation. Yeah. And then he encountered the next situation that happens with fear. He talked about the anxiety. His senses were heightened on a number of different levels, Mm -hmm. but the ones that he really needed, it wasn't there. And that was the cognition, the ability to be able to have his frontal lobe, his brain really engaged on the task. Instead, that part was muffled in his senses and all the other senses were heightened because I need to flee, something is not right, I don't feel good. All of the other thoughts and emotions start to kind of like drown out the ability to process the information. So while he was sitting there listening, once he heard the expectations and then he didn't hear a word after, he said that. I didn't hear anything they said. That's what you're referring to. It's like it shut down the front part of his brain where he could take in data, take in communication and process it. Exactly. Hmm. I'd like to throw in something else. You mentioned the lifting of the 35 (laughs) uh, pound kettlebell. And this is something that I've noticed over the years And it caused me to change the way that I work with clients. Mm -hmm. When you are working with a client in a particular exercise that they've never done before, man or woman, they immediately start to evaluate whether or not if they can perform the movement. And so they already have a value judgment. Mm -hmm. That's fear. Mm -hmm. And so the thinking at that point is totally inaccurate. Mm -hmm. Well, the next step is you demonstrate and then you teach them how to do it. But what you notice is when you look in your, their eyes, they are not able to hear you. So even when you're calling out the steps that they're supposed to take in the movement, they're doing something else. So you stop them and you say, excuse me, ma'am, sir, it's like, um, were you able to hear what I was saying? Uh, I'm sorry, coach. I didn't hear anything you said. I was thinking about how heavy the weight was or if I could lift it or so on. Or if I'm going to drop it on my head and die. Exactly. <laughs> And it, it's, it is a chuckler right now, but it's true. It's very true. And in each one of those situations, it's really quite monumental because when the person that's experiencing the fear um, is going through that process, they don't hear very well. They don't process very well. And let's say in this gym setting, they're not going to move. They're not going to execute with, um, with the type of efficiency they need. Or in the case of our business dealings, we're going to miss key information yeah. that we need that's the basis of our decision making. Mm-hmm. So we might have to come back to someone and ask them again, or if we're afraid to do that, because now we're thinking, well, they may not like me now, fear of criticism, yep. right? Because I didn't quite get the information. So what are they going to think about me? Yeah. So all of these things can arise on any level in any sphere of our life. Um, the, the fear response that is. Yeah. And whenever I finally did lift the 35, um, actually I arrived that day, uh, knowing I was going to. Mm-hmm. And so it, it starts in your head. It did take me recognizing I was getting stronger. 
Uh, but I had decided I was going to. And then when I went to pick it, I was like, oh, oh, hang on, hang on. So I had to walk it out, you know, because your your belly tightens, your muscle tightens, and you don't yes. want your muscles to tighten when you're you know trying to do something like that. And then I was like, all right, I'm gonna. I'm going to do it. And I did. And it was very exciting. But I even had, excuse me, some of the fear even after I already accomplished it, because now you're evaluating, well, now I'm not as, you know, I'm maybe I'm a little bit more tired. And what if I don't have the strength to do another one? It all is in the head, isn't it, coach? Everything. So just to be clear, Mm -hmm. there is not a single experience that we're having in this life that does not first begin in a thinking. That's true. You'll hear people say, well, I don't believe I was thinking when that was happening. Well, that's probably true. But that just simply means that your brain was on autopilot. Amygdala. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Because you've gone through this pattern so many different times in your brain that you no longer recognize that you're either saying something or doing something. Right. And we've seen this with people before. They might say something. Uh, There's an example. You give someone a compliment Mm -hmm. and then they come back on top of your compliment and they discredit what you actually said to them. Yeah. And then when you mention it, they don't realize Realize. that they just put themselves down. Yes. And that's an example of what happens when those thought patterns go unchecked. I think I might have told this story before, Coach, in our podcast, but I'm not sure uh, where I had gone to Florida with a young girl. I think I did. And from the time she got up, until we left, it was all negative statements about herself. And I was sitting there just, I was shocked. I'd never heard anybody talk to themselves like that before. I mean, I've you know battled self-criticism and things myself. I used right. to be a perfectionist. Yes. Um, so I know what that's like, but usually all my stuff is internalized. Yes. I wasn't, there's was no way I was going to let anybody know I had fear <laughs> or self-criticism. There is no way. And, uh, but anyway, and finally after about 30 minutes of that, and I'm like, man, I can't do this for another seven days, got in the car and I said, Hey, do you recognize what you just did for the last 30 minutes? And she's like, no, what do you mean? And I just repeated everything she said, cause I got a really good memory. Mm-hmm. I just repeated everything she said to her. And she's like, did I do that? And I said, yeah. And if we're going to share the same room during this trip, you need to stop like today. Cause I'm not doing this the rest of the, <laughs> the trip. And she's like, wow. So the next day she gets up, she goes to the mirror, messy hair and all and says, hello, beautiful. <laughs> and it cracked us both up, but it set the whole day in a totally different tone. Yeah. So one of the things when it comes to fear is that it's a practice mm-hmm. mm. and people have to understand. Oh, that's good coach yeah. fear. Oh, there it is. Fear is a practice. It's you a have practice. to practice it. You do. You have to practice it. It is no different than the other side of the coin, which we would call our success model. Mm. So in order that's for a, good a person one. to be in a state where they feel continuously fearful, mm-hmm. um, every time they approach something that they might perceive to be very difficult, they may not realize that they have been conditioning themselves with negative thinking. Whatever area it is, whoever the individual it is, if you are engaging in negative thinking, putting yourself down, um, various types of obstacles we can use, I mean, through negative self-talk, that's a habit. It's like rhythm. It's like learning to play a piano. I think it was a Chinese proverb that says, you cannot stop a bird from landing on your head. 
but you can definitely stop a bird from building a nest mm. on your head. Okay. And the idea is the same. Fear hits us at sometimes we can acknowledge it. But to continue to ruminate over that fear, that statement, that thought over and over and over again, we intensify that fear. It becomes a practice. So now it becomes hardwired in us. And we don't even realize now that the behaviors that we're engaging in, they are all based on that fear pattern of thought that the person has been basically conditioning themselves with. I'm not good enough. I don't look well or... I don't have the beauty. I'm not smart. You pick the language. Yeah. But and it becomes your immediate response anytime there's a trigger. It does. But here is perhaps the the strangest part of this. Mm-hmm. They are still successful. That's weird. It is. It is so weird. Mm-hmm. It is. Getting people to understand that your brain does one thing. It brings to you your dominant thought. If your dominant thought is fear, no matter what area we are talking about, that's what you're going to harvest. You may not like it, but this is exactly what you're getting. And fear, negative thoughts, they're in our environment. It's like the globe is covered with fear and negativity. So it's easy for us to take in. So when we start teaching people techniques or how to combat fear, how to recognize it so you can work through it. Now they can become discouraged because they have to build up that practice. Yes. Because the other one is far ahead. And it's it's like it fights. You know, I think we've talked about before that mean hot dog in our nervous system, you know, where you've got such a strong thought pattern. It now has that myelin sheath around it. And it literally, literally arches, it physio, you know, in the physical brain, arches to fight those new thoughts. And so people are like, you know, I'm trying, but then everything's just getting worse. Like, I can't control my thoughts and blah, blah. And so you can see some frustration that starts in people, which leads me, coach, to a question. Okay. So do you think the phrases that people will just throw out the minute they're challenged in something of I can't or I'll try are actually signs of fear? Absolutely. So you will hear people talk about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm. Boy, that's just an incredible scrabble word, isn't it? Yeah. And it sounds great, but a lot of people don't understand it. They think we're talking about the communication we have between front with ourselves to another person. Okay. But it's really the self-talk is what we're talking about. And our brain understands exactly what we're saying when we use certain language. And this is what the listener needs to understand. You know when you say, I'll try exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. When you say, but, yeah, but this, Mm -hmm. or I'll try that, Mm -hmm. or I'm not sure, maybe, I hope so. All of these language have implied within them a sense of failure Yep. based on some fear dynamic, which is saying, I really can't accomplish this. So I will give myself an out through my language so that if I am not successful, I have a built in excuse. Coach, that's that's what I was about to say, because I know there are times where I've said, you know, I'll try and it's almost uh, like a relief because, you know. I knew 
in my head that I just, yeah, I wasn't going to do that. And, you know, and so it was almost like it let myself off the hook. And that's what you're saying is we'll use that. Or some people have an automatic response of I can't like right off the bat. And, uh, and hearing those, uh, words, I can't, they, they are almost triggers for me. I hate hearing that. Um, because you know, that's a choice. It is. It's a choice. It is. It mm-hmm. is. And so this is a tough one. If a person is not willing to change the way they're thinking, to examine the way that they're thinking, no other form of affirmation is really going to work yeah. without the practice. You mentioned the hot dog analogy, and we've said this before. Nerves that fire together wired wired together. together. So when we talk about improvement in any area of our life, the first thing we're talking about is the thinking process. Yeah. And what we need to put into place um, in this process so that when that fear comes up, we know exactly what we need to do. So a negative thought comes into your mind. Now you have something to say to combat that negative thought. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that we teach in our mastermind and in our coaching intensive classes. So a term that we use, we call it metacognition. That's simply a form of awareness so that you now have your mind geared to track every word, every phrase, every impulse of thought that comes up that's negative. And you can counter that immediately. And when you begin to do that for a time, now your brain understands that you're changing. Yeah. And the chemistry of your brain and the way that it's wired will change. And now you're on the step to making better decisions because you've now learned how to work through the fear. Yeah. And of course, this is a process. So the listener has to understand that this is not something that you can say, yeah, I did this a few times and you expect changes. Right. Sort of like the secret. I just want to say that real quick before we, you know, um, in the podcast. There were countless millions of people who bought the book, Mm -hmm. The Secret, and then after a time, they put it down Mm -hmm. because they said it wasn't working. What they failed to understand is they needed to change the thinking. What was written in the book is accurate, but the practice process is what the listener or the reader has to engage in in order to change those uh, mental habits, which have now become a rhythm in their life. I wanted to uh, end because we got our Star Wars lightsaber warning, Coach. Um, real quick, and uh, make sure we covered what you had written down. But um, you had said, you know, really dial in on the desire that you have, uh, and as you do the work, you know, you're going to find yourself going towards your your goal, uh, as you, uh, train your subconscious. But I wanted to give a couple of ways that people can recognize when maybe they're responding in fear, uh, especially like business owners. I met with a lady yesterday and, you know, to me, one reason I love entrepreneurs is they are the bravest people I know. Yes. You know, it's, they have an idea and they're like, I can do this. Right. And they invest a lot of emotional energy, physical energy, uh, monetary, you know. I mean, there's just, 
uh, so many things that they're willing to do to make this thing successful. And really all the odds are stacked against them. I mean, if you think about it, because, uh, you know, what, I don't know how many businesses actually ever survive or become profitable. So it's like a, it's a big deal. And so I, I meet with her and I had already met with her and we're going to, you know, get her launched in her social media work and her branding. And, uh, uh, and she said, you know, I'm, I, I just, I, I need to know where to start. I need, you know, and, and I could tell she was wired, you know what I mean? Like she's, she's feeling overwhelmed because there was a significant life change she made that was going to cost her some money. So now the, um, intensity of this being successful, like heightened. Right. And, um, and so I said, well, you know, if you want me to talk to you about your social media marketing, that's 60 an hour. If we're discussing business consulting, now you're getting into a hundred an hour. So which do you want? And she's like, oh. And I said, so I'm happy to do any, but let me give you a couple free things. And she said, okay. And so I pegged her personality. And I said, I believe you're a C personality, the contemplator. And I said, and whenever a contemplator is scared, they want data. They want answers now. They want assurances that this is all going to work. Can't give you that. That's right. But what I can assure you is that by the time I'm done, your brand will be a cohesive experience that people see immediately and they will come into this establishment. I said the success of your business is going to depend on you. I can get them in here. It's going to be on you, right? And so when you were talking earlier, I wanted to just real quick, if, if you're a contemplator, you know, analytical, logical, you're going to want data when you're scared. That's, you're going to ask a whole bunch of questions. You're going to get on Google and do a whole bunch of researching. You're going to do a whole bunch of reading. If you're a D like me, um, one thing that we'll do is we'll just avoid. You know, mm -hmm. we'll yeah. um, procrastinate, avoid, because we don't like failure, you yeah. know. <laughs> or, or we can get angry, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But typically, we'll definitely avoid. Um, and then for the I, they'll just put off and have a bunch of fun. You know, the I personality, they're the fun loving social, you know, they talk about everything when you're sitting down with them, they'll just ignore it completely. They will never eat that frog. They're going to be out having a good time. And then all of a sudden everything's falling apart. But for the S personality, that is the steady, nurture, diplomatic, hates change. They can tend to get angry. And we know an individual that's an S. And so typically with them, when there's fear involved, there's anger involved. And it comes out. And so for me, based on those personalities, look for some of those signs. What, what else do you have to finish this off, Coach? I would say that understand that your desire is really your chief asset. Mm -hmm. That's so good. first, make sure that you what you're pursuing is something that you really believe that you must have and that you will accomplish it no matter how long it takes you and you want to get a real clear picture in your mind about what that is that's like your hunting story from the change transformational it, it, change it really is because mm -hmm. fear is everywhere yeah so being afraid on occasion that's not an issue mm -hmm. So when that happens, it's like, okay, I was a little bit shaken up, but then your brain turns back to this, but I got to have this. Yeah. My business is going to succeed. My hunt, my goal, my life, whatever that is, you have to really, really know that you want that. 
Mm-hmm. And then I would say after that, once you get clear about what that is, I would say just spend a little time writing down yeah. what you want for yourself. What yeah. does this goal that you're pursuing look like? And I would say that the more the person writes that down, then they start to believe it. And that's one of the ways in which they can overcome the fear that can sometimes sidetrack. Yeah, like fleshing it out. You know, a lot of times uh, in my aspiration journal, you know, I've got my statement that's my concise one to three sentence statement. Uh, But then I will just take some time to flesh out what that looks like. You know, I'll get even detailed into what I'm wearing, where I'm living, what I'm driving you know, what time I get up when I go to bed. I mean, all of that stuff, uh, I'll do that. So it it is a really good practice because it not only retrains your subconscious, but it provides it a very clear and precise uh, mental picture that the subconscious needs, but it also inspires hope. It does. And those are the goals right there. Hope, faith, faith in yourself, faith in whatever spiritual practice that you have. Because these are all positive occurring experiences. Mm -hmm. And so overcoming fear really means that you have to fill your mind up with more positive affirming experiences. And that's a practice. You're going to have to practice. There is no way of getting around that. It's always existed. It will continue to exist. So one, make sure you know what it is that you really want. Mm -hmm. Two, examine your thoughts for accuracy, and then three, put in some practice so that you can keep those positive thoughts of your goals in your mind at all times. I wanted to end with a real concise definition of fear and faith um, that I heard. I can't remember where I heard it, but fear is the expectation of bad things and faith is the expectation of good things. And so that right there can sum it up. And if you, if you expect bad things, you know, you're in fear, do the steps recommended and start retraining your mind. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right, coach. I think that was a good Friday the 13th message. Ooh.